0: Welcome, I'm Shelley Weir, President and CEO of FICPA. I hope you're doing great today. With me today, most importantly, is a fellow Florida State alum, just like myself. We'll get the really important things out of the way, uh, Scott, first. But uh, past FICPA Chair, Scott Price, Founder and Chief Executive Officer of Align. Align is one of the only companies in the world that is a licensed CPA firm, quality security assessor company accredited, ISO certification body, and that's a lot of technical jargon for a non-CPA mm-hmm. like myself. So I think I think I did okay. You did so great. Okay, Scott. Yes. Excellent. Okay. Scott has been providing clients with security assurance and compliance solutions for nearly 20 years and has completed over 2000 SOC audits. Amazing. Thank you. What we're going to talk a bit about today is a focus on people and talent, which um, in my first few months here at FICPA, as many of our members have heard me talk about, this is certainly the most pressing issue facing our profession. As I've gone out to meet with our members across the state, whether they're in small, medium, or large Mm -hmm. public accounting firms, if they're in business industry or government, the same theme has reigned true across the profession, which is this need for talent. And I think it's both from a pipeline perspective, but equally as important from a retention perspective. How do we attract people into the profession, but also how do we help keep them happy? So um, your firm has done quite a bit of work in the talent space and really investing in a commitment to your people and we heard a bit about it this morning on the main stage at Summit here in Fort Lauderdale. So I want to first kind of start with your motto is be all in. So what is your overall philosophy there and how do you best lead, coach, and and motivate your staff, especially in such a time of transition as we're coming out of the pandemic?
1: Yeah, I know uh, retention and scalability for us to grow based upon people, I say, we don't sell a widget we sell a customer experience and that's the person that's interacting with our client Um, for us and being all in i tell our climbers who are employees i say being all in is you can be all in at home or you can be all in at work clearly the location of those may become one Mm -hmm. the time that those are may change as well but the point is when you're going to be all in at home, you're all in and focus there. And when you're at work, it's about being all in for the for your fellow climbers. Because mm-hmm. if you are doing the right thing always, which is one another one of our values, you're committing to quality, then you can be all in for the client. And that's the byproduct of them together. Sure. And, and that's been really important for us. And I think also as, as the retention issues, people want to understand if I'm being all in, what's the result of my work? How mm-hmm. am I being measured? How is it tying to the overall corporate mission? We use a method called OKRs, Objectives and Key Results. Mm -hmm. And I actually publish my personal ones. And we use an application where our climbers can tie what they're doing to mine. And they check in and say, how am I doing compared to Scott? And how is Scott doing? And I publish mine every quarter. Mm -hmm. And we do employee engagement surveys. And we score very high on that the individual employee knows how their work ties to corporate mission and work. And I think that's really important because people want to see where their path is going and, hey, I'm being all in, and what's the result of that? What am I getting out of this? And what's my contribution to the overall mission of the company? And this type of structure, this OKR's objectives and key results, allow them to see how I'm a staff right out of college and I can see in this 420 person company how what I'm doing impacts Scott and the company, which is very important.
0: I love that. And I think it's probably, if I could make a hypothesis, exactly what this younger generation needs, right? They need to see how their piece of the puzzle impacts the entire picture, whether it's the company or the community that they serve or or the clients that they're supporting as well.
1: Yeah. I love that, And I think because they are remote and they've come, you know, think of it, joining a company remote during COVID. So you, so you went to classes during COVID, you graduated, you mm-hmm. went to the job, uh, virtual job fair, virtual mm-hmm. interview, and now you work at a company that's real, but you're working <laughs> in a virtual setting. That type of connectivity is so important to them because they want to see the bigger picture of, I may be sitting in Tallahassee or Miami, but how does my work impact a client that's in the U.K. or Ireland or or Washington, Mm -hmm. D.C.? And I think that's so important for them to see that so they feel value in what they're doing because they had had such an unconnected experience so far Mm -hmm. that that connectivity is so important for them.
0: And it definitely seems like, you know, you as the head coach of the company, I'm gonna use some football analogies. We're in football season, even though our Seminoles are not doing so great, we'll still make some time for some fun football analogies. But you as the head coach are really doubling down on an investment in in hiring and retaining a a best in class team. And as I always think about it, we can have the smartest and most innovative and most strategic head coach anywhere on the planet. We can have Nick Saban, if you will. But if we don't have the most talented players on the field, none of it really matters, right? Yeah. We've got to make sure that we're going out there and, and getting the best in class and, and giving them the tools and resources that they need to get there um, right out of the gate. So I'm so pleased to see that you've got such an investment and your people Yeah, That's it's it's
1: why every Wednesday morning I do my CEO welcome mm-hmm. um, at about 11, 11.30 Eastern time where I talk about that. I think it's important for them to understand where they're going. And I feel my being all in is I provide the opportunity and environment for them to excel. Mm-hmm. And I always tell them you can work hard to buy anything in this world, but they don't sell time. Mm-hmm. And it's really important for you to know what you're getting for your time here. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's what some of the concept that we may have lost over the last 24 months being in our home bunkers and everything else, <laughs> is that time, because time's either gone very fast or very slow, mm-hmm. and I want, the, I want the climbers to know what they're getting for their time. Mm-hmm. Because we do have metrics in a company that we know productivity of everyone. Mm-hmm. And you want them to feel like when I leave a line, What did I get? Where did I grow? Where did I go to? And I always tell them, wherever you go, I want people to go. I want to hire more people from a line because they can see the benefit that you're bringing to their company. Like, I want them to want to hire more people from our firm because they're so excited about what you brought to them.
0: agree. And it's going to make you look great. It's going to make yeah. the company look great. And it's going to make the individual shine if you've got that great reputation. And it's hard when talented people leave you. But at the end of the day, they're taking a little piece with you and you're keeping some back with them right. as and, well.
1: And they made a mark on the company. That's one of our other values mm-hmm. in EVA constantly. And I talked to them. I said, I bought what's in in your chest with your heart and between your ears with your head and and you bring both of those together, you're going to innovate for our company internally, maybe Mm -hmm. it's an internal person, in accounting or finance or marketing, or maybe it's a client-serving person that's going to innovate. And that mark is going to stay here. And Mm -hmm. that's the legacy that they can have at this company. And so I think that excitement, that thought process gets them excited to innovate constantly because I tell them that's the value that's the hardest to demonstrate. Because you can commit to quality, you can be all in, you can do the right thing, but you gotta really think about how can I innovate and be better. Mm-hmm. And that's I think then the, the mark that they can have on our company, which I get excited about when they when they do grow with us and stay, or when they leave, that we got that mark from their from their energy and effort.
0: Absolutely. Well, we've heard a lot about both at the course of summit here this week in Fort Lauderdale as well as just broadly um, from our members across the state, um, the need for us to uh, work together as a profession to attract the younger generation um, into both our profession, um, but frankly have them also serve as ambassadors to bring the next generation behind them. What have you found that has been successful at the firm for attracting young CPAs into the firm? What types of tools or resources are you all providing to help make them successful once they join the firm and kind of carry them on their career journey?
1: Yeah, when we um, did em- employee engagement surveys, it really focused on leadership. They mm-hmm. want to have, you know, similar leadership academies that the FICPA has. They want leadership opportunities, and so we have invested with our leadership coach that we have full-time in mm-hmm. our firm. We now have an emerging leaders, mm-hmm. a leadership academy, and a master's academy, so they can see this transition, in this journey. I think people want to know, where's the next turn? Where am I going in this organization? And I think for us, we've said we're going to attract you, and we are going to focus on the, the technical skills, you're going to get anywhere. Right. And what we want to say is, what are you getting from the leadership side? Because that's going to separate you from a peer. That's going to separate you in your next job interview. And how do we bring that to bear? And this, we, we actually, every year, identify issues within the firm and the solution is created and implemented by our leadership academies. Mm-hmm. So it's not by the executive team, it's not by us sitting around going, what's the best way to solve this problem? Instead we say, let the leadership academy solve the problem and implement it love so it. it's led by them.
0: I love that idea. Yeah. I may have to steal that. Go I for love it. it. <laughs> I love it. Well, and it's to your point too. So often these, whether they're CPAs or in any other profession or industry, frankly, they're coming into a role and it might be the first time that they've ever had to supervise or manage any staff before. And I always say, managing people is hard. It is the hardest part of my job on a daily basis. You have to figure out what makes people tick. You have to address the difficult conversations and little things like conflict resolution or time management are oftentimes skills that they just don't have yet. And so I'm so just excited to hear that you guys have invested in so many leadership and growth opportunities for them to help make them successful yeah, in it, that space.
1: It's just like when you do an audit, you're asking for data from somebody and how do you build rapport with them? How do you do this? It's mm-hmm. the same thing when you, when you talk to a co-worker. You need them to do something for you or you want to coach them up, Mm -hmm. how do you build rapport with them as well? And one of the things that we've done really, which is great to see it sit in my seat and see is recognition. They want leadership opportunities and they want recognition. So how do we focus on, on recognition every week? climbers can recognize other climbers through an application that we have and and for the four values Mm -hmm. and we get about with 450 employees 420 employees we get about 45 to 50 recognitions weekly of other employees recognizing each other supervisors recognizing um, their the people they supervise peers and then what's even the best thing is when you think about it being an enterprise leader when they recognize people from other departments and you can see they built rapport against a common goal, whether mm-hmm. it's internal or external. And you see that. I read them each week. Mm-hmm. I say, I'm the creepy grandpa that goes and likes them because <laughs> you can like them like a Facebook type mentality. And I love and it I reading it because they took time out of their day. And I made it on Fridays that it gets released mm-hmm. because that's the, you know, you've had a hard week, right. you're letting go of the electrical fence because your week is done. As right. I say, I grab right. it Monday, I let go Friday. Exactly. And um, and you see what they share with each other and they take mm-hmm. the time for that. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel that you've created this right environment for them to so.
0: I love it. And it, and it and it feeds the generational need right now of kind of having that that social media. I need people to to share the accolades and of, and sort of get that um, you know confidence that I'm doing something right. And I love what you said about the cross departmental too because then you know that you're really breaking down any yes. of those potential silos that might exist. So that's Definitely. fantastic, yeah. I love it. Okay, so shifting over a little bit, we've just, um, I don't wanna say we're coming out of the pandemic, because as soon as I say that, <laughs> like, as you said this morning, we'll have you know the Zeta variant or yeah. something pop up, but we're, we're certainly in a different time this year in November than we were in November of, of 2020. Um, what did you do at the firm to both pivot in the short term when the pandemic first hit? And what have you done over the last 18 months from an operational perspective, from a talent management perspective? Obviously, huge conversations to be had around remote workforce as Mm -hmm. well. But give me a little bit of kind of what you guys did to address some of these acute barriers that existed and what your overall strategies were.
1: Yeah. So in the short term, we focused on interaction with the employees. Uh, Our leadership coach, I said, hey, I don't want to know who you've talked to. I just want to know you have enough time to talk to the employees about their mental and physical health Mm -hmm. in the short term. I focus on getting teams and departments together and doing. I would do virtual happy hours. Good thing I didn't drink it every single virtual happy hour I would do on a Friday, <laughs> but to be there with them and interact with them and see their faces. And we would have themes for the, for the weekly. And so the focus was, hey, let's get together in the short term, very frequent, because we mm-hmm. were getting together that in the office. You know, mm-hmm. the you leave a meeting, you walk by someone's office, you were doing that. Then it moved into how do we make sure we have good data discipline to create data analytics to manage the business? So, hey, we are going to be remote now. Here's the new data that we need to be able to manage the business in a remote way mm-hmm. and making sure we have the right analytics set up because the business has changed. As you think about how sales would happen or how work is happening as well, work's happening not during the same hours all the time. Right. So you can't look at productivity during that time frame. So we created a data pack and data analytics that mm-hmm. we needed to look at to be able to manage the business in a remote workforce. Mm-hmm. And then also now it's, it's going back to what do people want? You know, do they want to come back to the office? They want to go away, you know, stay away, but people want to feel connected. Mm -hmm. And so we actually just did an employee survey around what they want to have. They want to do in-person events. They want to do events during lunch or or after work. They don't want to do anything on the weekend. They will travel um, on an overnight flight. Like we really wanted to focus on, you all want to be, none of us have been in this situation before. So as a CEO, I said, I don't know the right answer. Mm -hmm. Let me survey you all to figure out what you want and i'll build a program around that engagement and again going back to what is that going to affect that's hopefully going to affect our retention our efficiencies and as well so let's build metrics around it of what we do is it going to yield a return that we're hoping for Mm -hmm. which is a reduced reduced uh, attrition Mm -hmm. increase our retention and increase our overall employee engagement which we measure every year as well
0: well and i would imagine productivity goes way up when, yeah. when people are happy to come to work every day, feel invested in the process, enjoy the people that they work with, whether it's remote or in person, your, your productivity is going to go up. So I, I applaud you for that. And I kept thinking about um, this morning as you were talking on stage, it's my last football analogy, <laughs> but I'm in the mode, so we're going to run with it. Um, but I was thinking about the the issue of remote workforce. And and as you shared on stage this morning, it's both a blessing and a curse, right? Because you have the ability to give people this extreme flexibility in order to attract and retain the best talent. But then in the same regard, you're now competing with every other employer who's doing the same thing. And so it doesn't much matter in many cases where you live anymore. It's all about providing that, that best worker experience, and, and it's so similar to the transfer portal for, for <laughs> football right now. If you think about it, it's we just lost one of our big players this week at FSU, and so it hurts on the other side of it, but certainly we can use it to our benefit as well to hopefully uh, get some new folks in to fill some of those gaps that, that we need. Yeah. a few positions too so
1: that's interesting i um i've started focusing on a morning meditation for myself and it's a gratitude one mm-hmm. that i listen to is for the ups and downs we're going to have these hey i was able to attract somebody in chicago that i normally couldn't hire in tallahassee tampa orlando right. but i and i lost somebody to, to a new york company right and so i'm grateful for these ups and downs and how i learned from them as well and so it is the remote workforce is, has been something that. And then you have a you have a firm of type A people mm-hmm. that constantly work. We actually have made it so that if you take 40 hours of PTO, we give you a thousand dollar bonus to take your time off. Because we have unlimited PTO. You can take off time when you want to. People don't want to take time off. It's the FOMO. They're they're gone. Gosh, what could change? Et cetera. Yes. I may not have any place to go anyways but you need that time to re, to uh, unplug and recharge. And, and we told them for that, you get a thousand dollar bonus for it. And, and so take it. And so that's been something that's been attractive for us from a recruitment perspective.
0: That's fantastic. And I always try to say to our own you know staff at FICPA, when you're on PTO, you will not hear from me. Unless the sky is falling, that is your time with your friends, your family to rest and recharge because people need that. Um, and otherwise it's not PTO, right? It's right. just working from a different location. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Maybe a few less hours, but- still working right
1: so. doing 60 hours a week and four, or 60 hours work week and four hours a time you know exactly day. Yeah. exactly
0: what a time we're living in and it does you know of course beg the question will we go back the other direction in 5 10 15 years where we'll bring everybody back to the office and, and certainly only time will tell but um, I think it's important for our members across the state I think the message is adaptability right is we've yeah. got to be able to pivot and adapt to the present time. And um, if we do so with a lens on talent first and people first, we will be successful.
1: Because they'll lead you down the path that you should go to to adapt, if you've got the
0: right people. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Okay, shifting gears for our last uh, topic here before we wrap away from people and and pandemic, uh, slightly pandemic related actually. Um, So audit quality has been a top concern in the profession and, and our members certainly want to do the right thing. Um, what do you think is the biggest risk for us right now, um, and then what advice would you give your fellow colleagues in the audit space as we navigate these very unchartered waters that we're facing at the moment?
1: You're right. The, the game has changed. The players are constantly changing of, you know, as you look at whether it's um, the remote workforce, what's going on with, with new products, we're selling new ways to account for those products. People are constantly having to stay up to date on, you know, as you think about it was 30 years ago, the profession, which you have to stay up to date now on is very different. Mm-hmm. So it's a specialization. So I would say the practitioners specialize where you can, and then where you can't, identify the resources that can help you from an audit quality perspective. Right. So that's what we do is to say, hey, we're going to specialize on the audit work so people do what they're really good at. Right. And then we're going to go find other people that we can't, we don't understand that. And let's bring them in where need be. Also, I don't know if, in our firm, we actually do surprise examinations on our own work. Mm. And so people have a 100-point score, and I say, in my household, I don't pay, my, my kids are expected to get A's, so 90 points or above is an A. And we grade this. They know any job at any moment in time can be pulled. It's a point, hundred 100-point scale, 90 and above. And we provide a bonus on a dollar for dollar. So mm-hmm. if it's 91, they get $910 for the bonus. If it's an 89, they get nothing. And so, that type of, hey, I want to focus and and get something around it, and and we've had people say, I get $1,000 a quarter just for doing my job, because that's what expected for audit quality. And so if you don't have that inside your own company, mm-hmm. look to a peer firm where they can do that for you. I think, whether it's peer review, I mean, constantly, I know we do our peer review, CPAs want to get better. They want to have more uh, confidence from the public in what they're doing. Right. And so audit quality is a push, and it's a, you know, as you think about it, as an unintentional misstatement, rather than an intentional misstatement, I think, that people focus on. Mm-hmm. And so having a peer that you could do quality control checking on, not just during your peer review, coupled with the fact that you're going to know what's down the fairway very well for you. Mm -hmm. And outside of those types of things, I'm going to go to specialists for that. And I know where I'm going to where I'm OK telling my client, I don't know that response to your question. I'm going to find somebody that that's their job. They know it 100 percent of the time. And the client, I think, will value you that you're bringing in the right resource to help them Mm -hmm. rather than taking a chance at where you can swing it.
0: Agree, don't try to be the best at everything, but be really good at what you do yes. well. Yeah. It makes total sense. Well, and it's a good tie in for us here at FICPA as well, because again, as I've been chatting with with all of our members across the state, as many as I can get to at least in these first few months, um, this, this hunger for peer-to-peer networking is ever present and probably even more so coming out of the pandemic. And so we do have the opportunity for them, whether it's in um, the, the quality assurance through peer review or they can get on our Connect forums online and ask questions of their peers around the state um, that maybe specialize in other areas that they don't, um, or just frankly face-to-face networking like what we're doing here at Summit this week to be able to build up those professional networks as we've navigated these very unusual times these last two years, I, I think is is critically important. Okay, closing remarks here. Any final pieces of advice or words of wisdom that you would share with our members across the state?
1: I always I say, um, take time for yourself of where we're at, uh, knowing that Uh, Tax season is just around the corner and busy season is happening. Making sure that people really unplug and and recharge so they can make a commitment to themselves. I think for our team, You have to commit to yourself to show up mentally and physically prepared and ready to go. And I think that's what your clients are expecting as well. So taking time for yourself.
0: Absolutely, well, it's a great segue to closing. Um, Thank you, Scott, so much for both being here at Summit and speaking this morning, as well as joining me for this little fireside chat here. Um, Hope to do it again soon. And thank you for all of your tremendous leadership at the Institute over the years. We're grateful to call you a member and a friend. I hope you take Scott's words to heart. Um, Actually, do take that time to rest ahead of uh, what we know will be a very busy uh, tax season for our tax practitioners beginning in Q1. And with that, be safe and be well, and we'll see you next time. Thanks again.